The Winefellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carborough, and WRLY Raleigh. Support for The Winefellers comes in part from the award-winning Yesterday and Today Frame Shop, Framing yesterday's memories and today's treasures since 1974 and located in Boone Square in Hillsboro. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by The Stool Stool, improving your bathroom posture since 2015. The Stool Stool, we're number two. Your business name here, proudly serving Hillsboro since site year here, your business name here, and... Cody's Laboratory Animals. Just say Winefellers and receive 10% off your next order of live hamsters and rabbits. Test with the best using Cody's Laboratory Animals. Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of Truebottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices. And my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine Fellers! Wine Fellers, we got nothing to do except sit around here talking wine with you. Well, Joe had a bad day, got canned from the factory. Uncommon Instrument Awareness Day. So break out your Chapman sticks and cigar box thumb pianos for the most lackadaisically energetic episode of The Winefellers ever. On this show, it's time for Flow Nose. Just in case you've been self-centered, egocentric, and narcissistic, and hoggish. Flo just happens to have been voted the entire world's most favorite French delicacy. And more importantly, she happens to know just about everything about everything. So stay tuned for the second half of our show to get some knowledge bombs dropped on you. During the first half, we will conduct another wonderful wine tasting, and then it's time for the wine news. All this and some new ill-considered Winefellers song exclusives right here on a sensually dischargy, yet sticky, episode of The Winefellers. But first, what wines are we drinking today, Mark? And wine, y'all. Hey, Joe, how you hey, doing? Hello, my friend. I'm always disturbed by the intro you write for me, Mark. Always. 
Why? What was so disturbing about that intro? <laughs> Sensually dischargy yet sticky. I thought it really, it perfectly encapsulated how this show is going to go. Today. <laughs> well, I am. If you know what's in store for you, my friend, <laughs> you would have chose chosen the same adverb. Consider me dischargely sensualized, Mark. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so how's it going? Great. Uh, great. Geez, what's, uh, what's, uh, I've been in, uh, you know. Is it too bad? Is it is it too much to talk about the weather, Mark? No, but we should talk about. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> we should talk. About <laughs> I was almost about to say, my goodness, how pleasant it's been outside. It has been, Ugh. but more importantly, which is even more wonderful than how nice it's been outside, is how wonderful that it's Uncommon Instrument Awareness Day. Yeah, how. Is this a thing? It's a national holiday, <laughs> and I uh, oh, I meant to buy you something for that, but I just I I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, I was gonna... Well, that's one way of breaking it to me, uh, nice and easy. Well, I was going to buy you an uncommon instrument, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know you have them all, I think. Well, I have I have a nose flute. I actually have a nose flute. <laughs> oh, really? Is that uncommon? That's pretty uncommon. Okay, I then I look like. Then I have a nose flute. Wow. And, and a whole drawer of these things, Mark. And as you know, I have a didgeridoo. You do have a didgeridoo. So <laughs> you you recorded a 23-minute didgeridoo solo for some uh, begathon promotions for a radio station. The station manager, just, uh, he, he decided to cut that down to, I think, 20 seconds? Well, see, that surprised me. It is a 23-minute uh, song, but when you listen to it, it doesn't sound like a, a call, minute over call, 21. Call, calling it a song is maybe a little bit of an overstatement. Oh, it's a song. I mean, there's a chorus <laughs> of more didgeridoo. <laughs> That's when the second didgeridoo comes in. Yeah, it's really a delightful instrument. <laughs> but uh, listen, so we have such a... Please. This, this is probably our please. best show ever. Is this the wine drinking part? It is. Are we getting on to the wine We're drinking We're getting onto the wine oh, drinking part. Thank you. And this really might be the best show we've ever done. Yes! Because we have... Flo on later, and, yeah. and Flo, She's she just awesome. knows everything about everything, and if you want to learn something, which we try to do, we try to teach you something on this show, <laughs> believe it or we not. We try our hardest. We do. Does, has it happened yet, Mark? Well, in spite of this, it happens. People do learn things about wine and life and who knows what, but Flo is probably in a better position to teach you about life than us. Yeah, it's not going to come from us. <laughs> no way. Oh, boy. We started a wine radio show. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, just we don't take any advice from us, please. Right. <laughs> because, you know, when we uh, pitch the idea to people, it's like, um, so do you talk about other stuff? <laughs> well, we do, but, you know, it's hard to pitch a wine show, evidently. But anyway... <laughs> So wine pairing is our topic today, and we have a 1997 Joseph Swan Vineyards mm. Russian River Valley Pinot Noir, and I'm pouring you some as, yeah, I, yeah, this as is, we speak, I'm, and it's a beautiful wine. This. Um, you know, lots of cherry mm. uh, there. Yeah, that's good. Yes, this is a beautiful wine. It's a Pinot Noir, and so if it's an, if it's mm. American, mm. bright wine, red, we just call it Pinot Noir. But if it was in France, we would call it a Burgundy. Because it's red, and it's uh yeah you're right it's bright red and nice and um what do you smell there, Joe? Well I'm you know just (sighs) cherries. I'm thinking cherries, 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 man. Yeah, it's a really nice smell of red cherries. I've been eating a lot of cherries lately, so you know that smell well. It's flowers and. And it's really it's just a beautiful smell for uh, for wine. And Joseph Swan Vineyards is a is a nice 
winery that's been around for a long time in Russian River Valley, which is in California. And, um, you know, this is a good wine to try. It's not very expensive. And and tasting it, you have to taste those cherries and and some earthy stuff, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Earthy, mushroom, just sort of like from the earth sort of uh, flavors going on there. It's wonderful. So if you uh, are playing along at home, please open up yours and uh, (laughs) let us know what you think. (laughs) Hey, don't go nowhere. You are listening to The Wine Fellers on WHUP. The Wine News is next, right after a new Wine Fellers original song exclusive. Found my last girlfriend off Craigslist. Came into my place with a price list. After some small talk, we shared a kiss. Now I need penicillin and a urologist. Bought a swimsuit off a Craigslist From the same guy who sold me a used mattress Swam in a public pool and got in distress Now I'm out some cash and I have an itchy rash In no way could any of this be my fault That would be adding injury to insult CNN, Hillary, and Obama are behind this Backed by Mexico and of course George Soros Welcome 
to North Carolina's only fine wine newscast, where your good wine fellers, Mark and Joe, discuss real wine stories from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA. This week on the Wine Fellers News, want people to show up to your liquor store? Advocate paddling children. Want a free bottle of white wine? Lock yourself in a library. Want to make your delivery driver very uncomfortable? Show up to the door naked. All right here on the Wine Fellers News. The news. (laughs) 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 Last Uh. week, Caesars Wine and Liquor, located in Arlington, Tennessee, created a stir with their giant outdoor marquee sign. (laughs) They wrote, school starting teachers, you can't hit the kids. But you can hit the bottle. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, they put that on a big sign up. Wow. <laughs> despite Achy. it got a lot of attention. Oh, I would imagine. Despite this messaging, Luke Gordon, owner of Caesar's Wine and Liquor, said that they have received mostly positive reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Where is this again? This is in Arlington, Tennessee. I don't know. Oh, yeah, Tennessee. I've got relatives in Tennessee. Oh. It fits right in. Oh, great. Get ready for the fan mail. Oh, right. <laughs> we don't, don't think we play in Tennessee. <laughs> so. Well, right on the... Actually, we might bleed over into Tennessee uh, up oh, in the mountains. Yeah, that's right. We love Tennessee. Yes, we do. Our, so, uh, quote, <laughs> our beer guy... What are we doing? Our beer guy, Justin Glover, came up with the idea, Gordon said. <laughs> so I guess he oh well it must be perfectly make perfect sense he's throwing his beer guy under the truck <laughs> so. yeah he gives him his full name right you know, you, who lives at one two three rabbit lane yeah it was his idea I just own the store <laughs> um, so even for those who are shocked by the sign can't deny the attention it is getting it's been working very well Gordon said it's beefed up the conversation in Memphis we're just glad for the attention. <sighs> really? Yeah. Huh. Well, so, I mean, I think... Look, I, uh, Mark. Yes. How... how this makes you, complete sense, wh- actually. But wh- why even... Uh, so many questions. Why even advertise? Why have a marketing budget if you're selling liquor? It's one of those things that just is going to sell itself. Yes. Who are they trying to outsell? I get, they must not have ABC. They don't have ABC stores in Tennessee, Mark. Well, does it's, that matter? Well, yeah, because here you wouldn't see one ABC store advertising come by from their ABC store. Right. Would you buy the pad, buy beer from the paddling place or the non-paddling place? Sure. You have a choice. A- exactly, yes. In some sense, you do. And so I can see why th- they're just wanting to get the attention so more people come to their liquor store. Right. And so, but, but this is, you know, this is... A marketing gimmick in the sense that bad, bad press 
in many circumstances, is good press. Yeah. I mean, we know this. Now, thankfully, they haven't uh, discovered our secret marketing catchphrase. No press? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark and I came up with our uh, a press release a few years ago. Right. And, and discovered inadvertently that when you put world's largest oh, in can, front of anything. Well, we can talk about this now, I think. Oh, I don't think the statute of limitations is up on this yet. Okay, Mark. well, we'll talk about it in a year. Okay, right. <laughs> I'll remind. Yes. I'll put it on the calendar. Yes, we, 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 put oh. a, we put a press release about something. We put world's largest. All right, I'm getting the nod from Linda. We got to move on. On okay. this one, Mark. All right, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> we'll, 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 if when Linda gives us the nod, it's time to move on. All right, we'll move on to the next story. <laughs> now, in local news. <clears throat> Ooh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Peter Hasselworth, an older retiree, is now freed. Peter! He's freed now after being stuck in a library last week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hasselworth, 75, was locked, in, was locked inside Birchington Library after the staff turned off the lights on him and went home. <laughs> Hasselworth, who was forced to call 911 for help, said the alarm sounded for more than two hours. <laughs> True story. In a library of all places. Yes. And for two hours and nobody came? It's I mean, do, really like, unfortunate. Like, I th yeah, do we even lock our libraries at night? Wait, who, who Don't we have a hard enough time getting people in there during the day? Yeah, I mean, really. But who wants to? Do people even read, really? But for another day. At some libraries, Mark, you can check out uh, uh, movies. Oh really? <laughs> on, on yep on VCR v VHS. I mean, VHS. it's so old you've forgotten the term VHS <laughs> and DVD. Wow. Yes, you can. I guess people are still audiobooks as well. Still using those. Those sections have grown over the years. I've found. Have they really? Yes, they. Do people have. still play DVDs, huh? <laughs> All right. So uh, he had contemplated pulling himself out the toilet window but had a fall last week and didn't want to get stuck. How old was this person? 75. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, so, he wouldn't want to do that. No. <laughs> but two hours? So eventually he managed to flag down a local police officer, didn't mention how he did that, <laughs> who had the keys to the fire door. Hasselworth later recalled thinking that, quote, I hope they hurry up. I'm almost 76 and I could die in here. Uh, At least I have plenty to read. He said that? that was so he has a sense of humor. I don't know if he was serious. <laughs> oh, jeez. A spokesperson for the, for the library said, we are very sorry about what happened to Mr. Hasselworth. And a spokesperson for Mr. Hasselworth, who happened to be Mr. Hasselworth, <laughs> said, if there's any complimentary wine going, I'm into white. Oh, and hence... The library spokesman went on to say... We fully intend to get in touch with Mr. Hasselworth to apologize personally and get him that bottle of white wine. That's so funny. He basically said, give me some white wine. Basically. In a very polite way. Really nice. Huh. And, and then the spokesperson of the library said, we shall give him that bottle well, of white wine. Well, I'm sure their attorneys are drafting up the uh, release right now. His attorneys are probably going, uh, yeah. <laughs> We can probably hey, Mr. do Hassel better. What's than his name? Hasselworth. Hasselworth. Hey, Mr. Hasselworth. Uh, you know we've got a case, quite a case here. Um, we want you to dream, dream big. Yes. Ask for the stars. What is it you want? 
A bottle of white wine would be nice. How about two? <laughs> How about 500 bottles of white wine if that's what you want to buy, Mr. And a million dollars. I don't know if he's getting mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe. Yeah, he, he was just locked in a library. He was locked in a library. I don't know, man. See, I, I, I should have uh, been one of these uh, lawyers because I can already see the line of argument. What is that? Well, I mean, I can't clearly see it, Mark. But I know there is a line of argument there. That? That an attorney could take that would get him a million dollars. Oh, sure. I mean, think about it. This is... this. Think of the this therapy a, that's to yeah. come in this poor man's this, this future. This gentleman's at the prime of his life, <laughs> <laughs> and he's got uh, he's got places to go and things to do, aside from attending the public library. Well, and um, I'm sure there's a medical condition where you're afraid of books. Oh, I just know there's got probably, to be one. Pro- or paper cuts, anyway. Oh, see, now we're thinking. Yeah, he could be medically diagnosed with one of those. So, Mister Houseworth needs to think bigger. Think big, really big. So, the Winefellers News Desk will follow this story very closely and update you regarding the transaction of this bottle of white wine <laughs> and provide breaking news alerts when needed. Lovely, <laughs> <laughs> just lovely. <laughs> We're providing a public service, Mark. We'll we'll let you know if the library makes good on its white wine bottle promise. Uh, uh, But third story. (laughs) Third story. Uh, These are good. Joe. Are all these real? These are all real. We need to take a moment to just remind people. Right, I mean, we don't we don't do this often enough, Mark. I think. Yes. You you. So what are they doing? Right, we got to tell them what they're doing. They're listening to the wine fellers. You're listening to the wine fellers, and we're telling we're going over real wine news stories. Each of these are real, even the one about the white wine in the library we just we just talked we about. We only do live and real stories. Live? What is that supposed to mean? No, I don't know. We're not <laughs> recording. <laughs> Yeah, we do this live. Yes. I see what you're saying. The third story. The third story. Joe, just this is just in. Deliver- Great. <laughs> delivery drivers have now revealed their weirdest encounters ever while on the job. I am going to enjoy this. Joe, being a delivery driver is hard work. And, as yes. you might imagine, many have horror stories to share. Uh, yeah, and probably some of them involve me. Oh, really? <laughs> sure. Well, this will be interesting to find out. Oh, boy. So the uh, delivery drivers uh, discuss their worst experiences, and I'm about to deliver them to you as a category. And these are what delivery drivers say is kind of these are groups of things that kind of happen to them that are the weirdest things that will happen to them when they're on the job. And the, the, the number five, I'll go from five to one. Sure. The number five weirdest thing that happens to delivery drivers as a group is uh, the idea of delivering romance. So, huh? so delivering drivers, what? delivery drivers for flowers oh. and chocolates, uh, occasionally have to deal with the romantic customers. Gotcha. So, for example, oh, one yeah, that would be awful. Well, <laughs> well, for example, one delivery driver found himself in the middle of a proposal when a love-struck customer rushed out to meet him before he reached the door, so he could hide the engagement ring in a chocolate truffle. Oh no. So the couple had shared the indulgent dessert. Haven't these people learned to stop hiding their rings in edible in edibles? Well, I I don't think anything bad happened, but it's just I think a weird if you're a delivery driver and someone runs out to meet you to shove a ring into a piece of chocolate (laughs) pitcher. 
caring. Well, I don't understand why you need a delivery driver to bring a chocolate truffle. Yeah. First of all, if that's how you're proposing, you could have done a little better. You could have gone out and purchased the chocolate. <laughs> well, I don't, chocolate. I don't understand how it how it, it's supposed to work. Like, they put the 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 truffle in their mouth and immediately bite down on one of the hardest materials known to man the diamond and then after that the uh it's removed from their mouth still chocolate stuck all over it and in the crevices in the setting uh, with saliva at this point right to then be placed on their ring finger yeah, am I, I am I missing something here, Mark? You are. I mean, you should you should just do it like like my wife and I did it at a ball game. Would <laughs> <laughs> you slip it on her uh, hot dog or something? No, we just on the jumbotron and we just said hi to everybody. It was just, it was it was. Really Wait, good. you really did that? No, we yes, didn't. you did. No. I remember you telling me that we didn't get married on a jumbotron. <laughs> Not married. Or engaged. I don't know, Mark. Yeah. You're gonna need to convince me more of that. I'm one. pretty sure. So number four, <laughs> the, the fourth category of. Uh, of of things that delivery drivers don't like while they're on the drive uh, while they're on the road <laughs> and the weird things that they experience is non-monetary tips. So all things being, oh, I'll give you a tip. Exactly. Look both ways before crossing the street. Exactly. All things being equal, delivery drivers want their tips in cash, but many drivers can relay at least one story when a customer attempted to give a non-cash tip. For instance, one customer had a nifty solution when he realized he didn't have enough cash to tip his rider. Hmm? The delivery driver. Oh, the customer. Well, I got a rider. I guess he was on a bike. Yeah. The customer offered the rider a bottle of Dom Perignon champagne as a generous tip for his service. So that's not bad. Okay. No, that's a good story. I like that. So number three is delivery to unusual places. Yeah. When a couple ordered food to be delivered to a park, the rider was expected to deliver to two people basking in the sunshine on the grass. Oh, yeah, there'll be two of those people in but, the park. Yes, but the indulgent pair were in fact relaxing in a paddle boat in the middle of a lake. <laughs> <laughs> Not wanting to ruin their peaceful afternoon, the couple had prepaid for another paddle boat for the delivery driver to hop into. Oh, man, he had to paddle his <laughs> way out. <laughs> so they paid for another boat for the, the driver to hop in and paddle to the middle of the lake where they were. Oh, that's just, too, that's gone, gone too far. That's gone too far. That's absolutely right. Now, the number two is the just plain weird customer. Okay. That's the category that All delivery right. drivers will tell you about. One delivery driver was perplexed when asked to hand over the pizza to a marionette puppet instead of the adult woman who had ordered it. When, <laughs> when the driver got to the home, the customer asked the individual to hand the food over to a, quote, friend, a marionette, marionette puppet oh named boy. Gretchen. That is weird. And the number one most common weird customers that delivery drivers get is the naked customer. So I would fall into that category, Oh, Mark. you're not. Please tell me you have not. It was an inadvertent slip up. Mm. Inadvertent, not full blown. It was not my intention. Yes. Okay. And I think that that can, the, this naked camp can be divided into, into two distinct um, uh, factions. Okay? Yes. One, the group that intentionally exposes themselves to the pizza driver. Right. And the group that does not. And that does not mean to. And that was me. 
You did not mean to. I did not mean to. So how did it happen? I'm not. I'm not sick, Mark. So you just and en- you just answered the door naked, assuming that nobody, that the person who rang the door wouldn't see you. I um, I was in college. Okay. <laughs> and um, you know, I was I was totally uh, this hippie guy who just had you know, dreads and patchwork jeans all sewn together with just a. A uh, spectacular patchwork of different from different cloth items and everything. I just it, that so if you can picture that in your mind, I actually can. Okay, <laughs> bell bottoms, you know, uh, Birkenstocks, mm-hmm. and and these were some very old jeans. Okay, oh boy, here we go. And they were and, and the one of the first places jeans go out is in in, in the crotch area for you for me, <laughs> and so. I had these these jeans were almost uh, there was hardly any jean left yes. from them right it was all patchwork yes most of the oldest patches in yes. the crotch area right can I say that on the radio uh, you you can't I say can. you can't say area <laughs> 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 um, all right so I I um, I go to the door and um, and the pizza delivery guy is uh, looking at me like. Um, what is wrong with you? Yes. He kept kind of glancing down there. <laughs> okay. Yes. I'm like, what is this guy? Why is this like, guy continuously why, staring like, at Why is he looking down at my feet, right? And I'm right, like, okay. what, what's wrong with my feet? And so I go inside, sit down, bring the pizzas, and I, you know, get him away. And I sit down, and, and I'm eating pizza. This is a little get-together at, at my house. And my buddy from across the room uh, we've got some uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen there, and we're all just trying to, you know, uh, meet new people. And uh, <laughs> and so he, I look across the room, and he's sitting there, eyes wide open, <laughs> biggest saucers, staring at me. And I'm like, what? You know, what? I'm mouthing this to him because right, right. we can't and um, we can't let everyone know something's going on. So I'm like, what? What's what? What is it? And he keeps kind of looking deliberately down between my legs and then back up at me and then down up between my legs and back up at me. And I'm like, what is this problem? I look down, Mark, and in th- uh, there was a funny, odd-looking area of patch down there. Uh-huh. All right? this, it, it, this was not cloth, Mark. Mm. This was skin. <laughs> <laughs> this was skin, Mark. Yeah, okay. And it had... Uh, it had, I guess, just um, there was a void in the patchwork oh. for which it uh, r- it 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 filled that uh, that gap there. So, did you meet new people? Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, you know what I did, Mark? And now, I, you know, you know what's funny. I'm married <laughs> to this day. <laughs> you know what? You know, you know what's funniest what's about that? that is after I um, I thought it would be too noticeable for me to try to fix it, so I just left it. Perfect. <laughs> no one noticed. Yeah, okay. As far as Yeah, I okay, can nobody tell. noticed. Well, delivery drivers will tell you that the most disconcerting food handoffs are those that involve naked customers. Yeah. And evidently, this sort of thing happens quite frequently, frequently and is apparently quite legal. What? Think about it. Uh, so I was I was not in the wrong. But you're on your own property. If you want to prance around naked on your own property, what's to stop you? Huh. So go ahead, Joe. <laughs> I'm going to break out those patchwork jeans again. Or no Mark. jeans. One driver recalled how alarmed he was to arrive at one customer's property only to be greeted with a hand reaching out for the food from the window. 
Okay. Stepping closer, the unfortunate delivery person realized that the hungry man awaiting his order was completely naked and had pressed himself up against the window <laughs> to hide his private parts. <laughs> against the window. Against the window. To hide them. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> he tried. <laughs> you can't see me through this window. I can't see you through this window. <laughs> if I close my, if I can't see you, you can't see me. That's right. So delivery, oh delivery people have it, have it, have it difficult. But, uh, <laughs> but stay tuned. Yeah. All right. Look, climbing the Billboard Twitter emerging artists chart this week. To number 17, it's Spring of Our Discontent, a Winefeller's song creation, Don't Go Nowhere, Flo Knows is next. Today is a new day, a warm and happy day. A good time to be alive Say goodbye to the ice and snow Enjoy the red Bordeaux Look how you survive. But now is the spring of our discontent Glow. I'll bet you'll steal the show You've rubbed me the right way You're the cream of the crop You've reached that hilltop You've blown the cobwebs away But now is the spring of our discontent To the ice and snow Enjoy the red Bordeaux Look how you survive But now is the spring of our discontent Oh Now is the spring of our discontent to the orange fascist tyrant dirt at the door. Flo knows the capital of Idaho. Flo knows who is Michelangelo. Flo knows how to play the banjo. Flo knows, Flo knows it all. Flo knows how to play the bongos. Flo knows how to find Bordeaux. Flo knows a thousand names for snow. Flo knows, Flo knows it all. And let it flow. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
<laughs> All right, Flo, welcome. Yes. It's so glad to have you. It's been. I feel like it's been so long since you've been on our show. Yes, I know, way too long. Well, Flo, if you are just turning into the wine, turning into the wine fellers, Flo is our fra- favorite French delicacy. Ooh la la! Who happens to know just about everything about everything, whether we're talking about French things or not. She knows everything. Would if you, you say so, I agree. <laughs> I think you know everything. You know a lot more than than uh, than Joe and I combined. I would say absolutely. This is the part of the show where people actually learn something, Mark. So people learn things, and um, tell tell the tell the listeners who are just tuning in for the first time how this works. Well, uh, we uh, people phone in. They can write. You in. do know how this works, right, Mark? Well, yeah, they write in and give her questions, right? Uh, yes. Right. They phone in, they write in, they call in, they uh, p- carrier pigeon, anything they can do to give Flo a question. And we can't get to everybody's a question, of course. We're only a one-hour show. But we do our best to get to as many weeds as we can. So maybe we should just go ahead and to our first question. We're, we're going to get right into it. Uh, Flo, are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay. This first question comes from Tom Mott from the Facebook. Tom writes... I am traveling to France for the first time next month, and I hear the French don't like Americans. Hmm. In addition to wearing a navy-striped shirt with a beret and, oh, Tom, holding a baguette under my arm and an unfiltered cigarette in my mouth, how can I fit in with those French people in Paris? Well, I guarantee you all that the French people don't dislike Americans. Even Parisians? Even Parisians, believe it or not, guess hmm. what? They like tourists as well, and they like Americans because they spend a lot of money. So they will be, you know, in general nice to whoever. Of course, there's always very rude people wherever you go in the world. But especially Paris. But I will say oh, it Mark. is, it's, no. Oh, okay. Well, you know, okay. So I will say the French people in general, the provincial people, yes. okay, they will say that um, Parisians are rude. Huh. Even, so even, out, even other French people outside of Paris will say- Well, like we would say rude. people in New York City are rude. They're Mark. not rude. They're delightful. When I, would say, <laughs> I, would, I would say that it, it has been said. Yes. That has been said. Oh, well... Wouldn't you agree here in the United States? No, I've heard uh, of that about people from, uh, like, Rocky Mount. <laughs> but... <laughs> but the thing is, when you live in a search, uh, in a such large city, okay, mm-hmm. there's yeah. traffic. Oh, okay? yeah. Right. And then you have to fight for getting a space in the metro Good or a bus and everything. Basically, you're in a survival mode when <laughs> you are in a large city. Sure. Even in New York, you know, Los Angeles and Paris. So I would say that uh, Parisians in general are less patient, but that doesn't mean that they're, you know, rude towards American in general. I will hmm. say this is a wrong stereotype. Now, let's talk about f- the French people in general. But, but what do you think about Tom's attempt to fit in by wearing the no, the, no, no, the no, blue no. and white striped shirt and the, and the beret and the unfiltered cigarettes? I mean, do you, what do you think about his attempt to look Parisian? Well, but that these are stereotypes. Mm. Okay. So basically, it's an American who is going to look like, um, I would say, someone <laughs> who is not French. 
but oh, lack completely. of French stereotype. So do you think the French people would enjoy that? <laughs> yeah. You think the French Mark, people Mark, enjoy it, American stereotyping them at, in, on their own soil? That's a good question. Mark, it's, <laughs> it's, it's almost like uh, you going on that cruise wearing nothing but Marlboro-branded clothing. Well, that wasn't my choice. That wasn't your choice. Yes. But, you know, it's like going to New York City again, New York City, uh, and wearing a I Love NY shirt. I, I think people would no, know that. No, only tourists walk around New York City with those shirts on. Mm, pretty sure most New Yorkers wear those shirts <laughs> at some point or another. <laughs> you know, the things that uh, you, as an American or any tourist visiting France, uh, the best thing to do is um, make an effort. So when you go and visit a country, I will say the general rule is to learn maybe four words. You know, like, thank you, uh, please, hello, and bye. But what if I adopt the strategy of just speaking louder? <laughs> well, louder doesn't mean uh, better. If they don't understand you uh, to begin with, if you repeat it louder, they it would not help. Sometimes when you pronounce things better, like when you're over in France, like, where is the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> Sometimes that helps. <laughs> well, in that... Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yeah. Well, it may not. It may not. So what oh, I will suggest, um, anyone who does not speak the language very well... Um, is to carry a notebook or something small enough uh, and a pen uh, that doesn't take too much of uh, space and, and just sometimes write down the location you need to go to. You know, the Eiffel Tower is uh, La Tour Eiffel. So it's the sound, the pronunciation is very different even though it's written the same way. And most likely... A French, you know, most likely um, the French person will understand you. But that's, you know, sometimes a word may sound understandable or may may sound the same way, but still it does not, um, did, uh, it's not understood. Did you find Americans rude when you came to America for the first time at all? Uh, can you repeat the question? Did you find Americans rude when you came to America for the first time when you first arrived off the boat? Leading the witness. No, I mean, Leading I'm the witness Because you, you lived in different parts of the country. Yes, but, you know, the thing is, when you, in general, yes, I, I've, uh, I've run into some rude people in the U.S. Yes, that it is true. That, frankly, surprises me. <laughs> but, uh, but all these years I've lived here is just, uh, just a few people. And, and for that reason, I don't want to generalize and say, yes, most American people are rude to French people. Now, now the, 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 the interesting point is why do American people think yeah. the French don't like them? I don't know. That's, I mean... I, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm wondering, is there any truth behind it? But you're telling me that's probably not. It's just uh, the problems of being, living in a big city. I think I know. You think you oh, know? Oh, you think you know? Yes. Okay. Because I'm Flo, Flo knows. Flo she does, does know. <laughs> we, that's why we have you on the show. <laughs> All right. Tell us why okay. Americans think right. the French hate us so, or oh. are so arrogant. Yeah. And I will tell you why. Why? You know, I'm, mar I'm married to an American, 
and um, my husband. I is, wondered why he spoke English so well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's he's, he's actually good, he's from the south. So, so he's someone who does not like to hurt anyone's feelings. Okay, so for instance, he is he, a nice gentleman. He's a very nice gentleman, and so are his parents and his family. I can't vouch for his parents, but he's <laughs> nice. <laughs> but the thing is. Um, when he g- goes to a restaurant, if the food is awful or he's not happy about anything, he'll just, do you think he will say no, he'll, something? He'll just eat it. Oh no! He will eat it. <laughs> yep. And yeah. he will still leave a tip. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Maybe not twenty-five percent, yeah. but still high. Okay. Fifteen percent. And he will not come back. Well, the French people don't act the same way. They behave differently. Okay. Ah. They'd say take they say take this back to the kitchen. They will This is no they, good. They this will is no say good. without being rude. They will basically Americans may say, Oh, they complain. No. They basically if you're not happy about something, you say, Excuse me, but could you, you know, ask for medium rare, um, my steak is overcooked. Could you please, you know, just uh, um um, bring me what I ask you. Yes, yeah, so and so is you're for taking Americans. A gamble, yeah. It's considered rude, and you're taking a gamble by doing something like that in, in a restaurant. Sometimes, <laughs> I mean, you are when you send back stuff. You can anywhere in the world. You Mark. can upset somebody, and then you know things might turn out like you want. So, oh, but let me let me. Uh, okay, it, it leads me to uh, something else. Even within the, the United States, pe- some folks in the U.S. in the U.S. do not agree with that mindset. In sure. fact, I just came back from Yellowstone, and we spent. Oh, yes, it was fantastic, and we went to Cody, Wyoming, and there we wanted to have a nice steak. It, well, you told me that you sent your gazpacho back because it was cold. Oh my goodness! I did not order a gazpacho, especially in Cody, <laughs> in Wyoming. Wyoming. No. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes. So we went to this uh, place that's known for its uh, steaks, mm-hmm. and so we went there, and I asked for medium rare, and in fact, it came well done. Yeah. And so I um, asked very nicely to the lady, "Could mm-hmm. you please bring me a medium rare uh, steak?" As I ask you. My husband was very embarrassed. Yes, sure. He just said, no, no, don't worry. I'm going to eat yours. I, I will <laughs> right. switch with my dish. Yeah, that's probably what And then next next to us, there there was a old couple, mm-hmm. and both of them said, good for you. Here in Wyoming, if you're not happy about what you have on your plate and something you ordered, you send it back. All right, Flo. <laughs> wow. Well, I almost got heated when she said that. <laughs> I, I got embarrassed for her husband. I know. Just recounting it. <laughs> so I mean, I, I'm a little little uh, so worried j- here. So just to recap, the reason why Americans think the French don't like them is because they disagree and they're not afraid of... They're more direct. Too. They're more direct. But it's not because you disagree with a friend that you become enemies. And so that is oh. the... That's... That's what I wanted to say. Oh, right. So good. it sounds like Tom Mott, you can fit in with those French people in Paris by just being a little more direct. That's very nice. Now, uh, very Mark, Flo, I'd like to move on to some other questions we have here. Okay, that's what we got. Uh, <clears throat> all right. We've The next one comes from Jester Actual Tribute. Uh, according to my sources here, one of the most important people on Twitter. Jester writes, when you fall asleep, Flo, 
Do you ever dream of Mark and Joe or find yourself thinking of them during the middle of the night? Now, <laughs> Jester. Jester, is that right? Jester. That's the name of this uh, gentleman. Well, it's interesting because uh, not long ago, actually, I answered this question. Um, you if, dream of us? Not about you, oh. but if I were dreaming in general, if I could remember my dreams. Oh, right. So, no, you can't remember your dreams. I can't. Oh. I never, never remember my dreams. So it is possible that I dream about you. It's just I don't remember. But, but, but he also said, but he, but he also said, do you find yourself thinking of them during the middle of the night? In the middle of the night? Do you just wake up and do you find yourself thinking about Mark and Joe? You mean like from a dream? Or just, no, just thinking. <laughs> Jester is an odd guy. Well, I... I, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but being French, I have to be direct. <laughs> so I will say, no, I don't think of you. Uh, See, that surprises me because, <laughs> because well, we were talking about uh, this we, before, about what were we saying about the whole uh, notoriety thing, Joe? Well, uh, you know, I, and now first off, Flo, you know everything about everything, and so I respect your knowledge on this one. I just, as someone who has actually never met a celebrity face-to-face, but I've seen plenty of them in on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, ever since watching The Last Samurai, I've been unable to get Tom Cruise out of my head. Now, that is coming from someone who didn't even see him in person, mm-hmm. who just saw him on the big screen. And uh, you, being someone who's actually seen some uh, celebrities, uh, Mark and I, up, in the up, flesh. Up close. Uh, I thought it may even have a stronger, uh, uh, you know, effect. But let me tell you, Joe, I live in the moment. So I am here with you and I am so honored to me to be with you. Okay. And that means a lot more. That's actually better, Mark, than than her waking up in the middle of the night thinking about it. I would be worried if she was waking up in the middle of the night thinking about us. Well, hopefully that answers Jester's question. But I think we have a... I I, I do, I do. I've got got another... question. That was an interesting one from Jester, but... uh, Thank you, Jester. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Tanya, also from the Facebook, writes, I am the happiest woman alive because I've recently learned I'm pregnant. Hey, congratulations, Congratulations, Tanya. Congratulations, Tanya. Congratulations. Yes. Uh, she goes on to say, my man and I are so happy. My question is, will my, will my baby be part of my man's wife too? Well, that is a decision that both of you have to m- make. It is a decision from parents. They decide. I understand. So oh, basically, I, think, I don't think that's what she means. So basically, she's pregnant with. What, what do you think she means? I think she means. No, Flo, what are you reading? Okay, into yeah, what are you reading? What I'm reading is that she uh, had uh, an affair with someone who was married. That's right. Okay, and that's she what had I'm and she had uh, a child. She's having a child. Okay. Right. Now, will the child be part of? Yes, her man's the, wives, too. Like I said, I just don't want to judge. Who knows what's going on in this family? But, um, but you know, there's some people who are very open, and maybe this woman, let's say, mm-hmm. that this woman who doesn't have a child, 
And maybe she could never have a child. Yeah. Okay. And maybe, you know, it is uh, a child that she could enjoy because because she doesn't have one. Who knows? But I was so I was sort of taking it to mean will my baby be part of my man's wife too? Meaning, will my baby have the DNA of my man's wife as well? Oh, oh she's no, not that's asking not, that. That's no, not I think what so. I said. Not no, the but DNA. I think, but I think that's what she's asking. I didn't read that way. I think it just um, uh, can one be of these... read differently. Okay, well, let's... It's let's, up to interpretation. Uh, it, yes, I think oh, so. Oh, I know, but, I know. But, but, let's, but let's, let's address it, Mark, just well, we for the sake it, of... Of because I think we've we've answered the initial interpretation. Okay. Okay. So what flow do you say to someone who obviously uh, lives in a world of ignorance when it comes to uh, biology? When they ask you, will uh, the wife will her DNA be in the baby that me and her husband are having? I mean, what do you want me to say? I d- well, that, the, well, the answer. Mark brought it up. Well, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, f- we're asking no. you, Flo. You're the one who knows everything. <clears throat> now, yeah, now, now, and I said, no, it's r- just uh, a very strange question, I will say. Now, but let me, let me say this and get your thoughts on this, Flo. So, we know that uh, there are viruses, okay, viruses out there that can alter DNA. Okay, they these can. RNA segments come in, mm-hmm. they slap up against the DNA, and they go about editing it. That's a good point. So, I'm, Mark, I'm addressing your question here. Okay. Uh, with Flo's guidance, of course. Of course. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> of last course. thing we want are people making medical decisions I'm, based on statements from me. Now, you can make medical decisions based on Flo. That's yes. fine. <laughs> we, we've gotten our <laughs> fair share of them. But if, if the wife had a virus in her mm-hmm. that went into the husband mm-hmm. could it alter his dna in such a way that the sperm that come out the end of his what can i say on the air here mark uh, well, go on that go uh, out of him <laughs> yes into this other woman yes that the effects from that virus from his wife would actually have lasting impact on his child That's is good. that possible that is very possible so the answer is yes. The, oh, well, now the, you're now you know everything. Well, I'm just I'm following your lead. The DNA can travel from the wife to the husband to the girlfriend and and to the child. <laughs> so would you would you say Flo? <laughs> Flo has some thoughts on this, I can tell. Well, if you um I you know, um again it's like a medical question (laughs) i uh uh can i uh just i but you but flo (laughs) Flo wants to bow out of this this one but this is flo knows (laughs) it's not flo doesn't know no because you basically you're coming from the point is i i know and i I can't you know i can't uh I would say prove to you Mm -hmm. that is not true because I don't have uh, medical evidence that uh, with me to, you know, prove that it's not true. What do you say on the next show if we can get this person on the show and get you on the show? Would that be 
something we could do. Mark, why are you so infatuated with answering this Tanya question? <laughs> she took the time out to ask us a question. <laughs> I figured the least we could do is answer it for her. We so. can definitely come back uh, another time and, I like this idea. and answer that okay. question and agree or disagree. <laughs> okay, well, that's, that's what we'll do then. <laughs> Flo, Thank it's you. been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Flo. Will you promise to come on our show again? Of course. It's always a pleasure. Because our audience needs to know. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. We all do. Is that your new catch catchphrase for our audience needs to know? Needs to know. <laughs> You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers. North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is is that the fun can continue online. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies Change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines, cause I'm gonna die. With a twinkle in my eye Cause I sang songs, spun stories Love, laughed and drank wine Tomorrow is another day The cats are out to play, to play That old rusty spaceship wants to sail Into the Milky Way again On a river of red, red wine Pasta one, pasta one, pasta one.